We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Taking it back. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. It's school days on the High School Scoreboard Show. Sam and Coach check in with the legend of Georgia high school football. Brought to you by Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. It is the High School Scoreboard Show here on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Uh, I got Eric Slaughter sitting in for Coach Chris Parker. I got Dom, other side of the glass. School day segment. Always a time that we look forward to on our show when we get to uh, just check in with somebody who lived the Friday night experience. And maybe they went on to succeed and play high school, at, or play football at the highest level, but maybe they did something else of note. And that is our guest tonight. Our guest tonight, uh, three-time Olympian, Olympic gold medal, shot putter. Um, Adam Nelson joins us now on the scoreboard show to talk about his school days. Adam, welcome. Sounds like you're out of game tonight. I am at a game. I am living Friday nights right now, Sam. <laughs> and you are right now. You are back at your alma mater. You're at Love It. And you're the athletic director there now, and so you get to go to the games on Friday nights. I do. It's it's hard to say it's work, but it's a great job, and I'm enjoying it so much to be able to get back to these kids and give them the opportunity to uh, play these games in these in this sort of setting. Uh, you know how it goes, Sam. These things stay with them for the rest of their lives, and and they really help shape the young men and women who they're going to be in the future. It's just awesome. Well, uh, Adam, first off, this is Eric. I'm sitting in for Coach. And, um, Sam, before we even talk about Friday nights, I'm going to take a minute, and I'm going to give kudos to the Lovett School. I'm going to do it on behalf of all of my officials and all the sports because I tell you what, as an official, when you get an assignment and it says, oh, you're going to the Lovett School, we all smile because they are first class. They take really good care of the incoming officials. We got locker rooms. We got showers. We got snacks in the locker rooms. And then they bring you a hot sandwich at the end of the game. So, uh, Andy Nelson, from all the officials out there in all the sports, we appreciate what you guys do for us over there at Love because I guarantee you we don't get that at all the schools. Well, we appreciate y'all. We know it's a hard job, but it's a thankless job by everybody in the stands because they think they can do it better. And uh, and it's just it's just our pleasure and honor to treat you guys as well as we can, uh, just like one of our families. So we just want you to feel that way when you come here and and uh, hopefully keep you guys engaged with, with being officials. All right. Now let's talk about some high school football. Did we get a score update yet from him? Yeah, well, what's the score update? You guys are playing tonight. You're, at, you're not, uh, at McDonough, right? I'm down at McDonough, the Warhawks. They they got a great facility, great venue here right now. Love it is leading. We're up 17-6 to half. Uh, it's been a great game so far. The, they've got a really interesting run game, a great quarterback. Our defense is playing pretty pretty strong and kind of jumped them with a with a uh, with a pick six early in the game, uh, and we're we're holding strong on both sides. It's been a good, really good game though. Folks, spending time with Adam Nelson, three-time Olympian, Olympic gold medalist. We might get into the story about the medal in a minute, but we first we got to talk about some Friday nights with you. When 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 you think about uh, Friday nights in high school football and, and your time at, at Lovett, what are some things that come to mind, Adam? Well, you know, we at Lovett has, is, a, is a school that's just steeped in tradition. We have the riverbank there. 
uh, right next to the Chattahoochee River. The fog would come in. I've seen I that mean, fog. I've seen that fog before. You, you've <laughs> seen it roll in, and it's yeah. crazy when it comes in. And then, of course, we always had, like, our first pregame song. It was little Phil Collins in the air of the night. I don't know why we kept playing it, but it played it every time we came in. And those are just some of those memories that just, like, just ground into you. And then there's countless plays and countless competitions that you sort of think back on. You're like, man, that was a really incredible game. And, 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 and holy cow, you realize how this, this world is just a game of inches. Uh, one little move one way or the other, and, and, and you have a different outcome. Uh, but I have so many memories on the riverbank that uh, – I, I could spend the whole, probably your whole show and more uh, just talking about them. Well, I'm sure one of the memories, of many of the memories, are those guys from down the street and around the corner, Westminster. Talk a little bit about that matchup <laughs> and what, and what see, see, I can hear it in your mm-hmm. voice right now. Mm-hmm. Talk about, talk about love at Westminster and what makes that so special. Oh, well, first of all, it's, 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 it really is, you know, it's been called the Battle of Buckhead, but it's two of the oldest private schools in, in the state uh, that are literally a mile and a half apart from each other. Uh, we, we all grow up together. We grow up around the same areas a lot of times. So we've, been, we've known these kids for a long, long time. And then when you have the opportunity to, to strap it on on a Friday night and line up against them on the other side, it's, it's just a, it's, 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 a lot of, it's a lot of fun. And I've seen it as an AD. I, I say I'm little, little known fact. We actually had to take a break from playing uh, West Lovett and Westminster as a varsity program uh, with football in the late 80s and early 90s when I was at Lovett because in 1986 or so, there was a big fight in the stands. Whoa. And so they said, we need to cool off for a little bit. Um, and so they, they had the schools got together and said, we won't play each other for a few years. And they started it back up, and I think in about 94 or 5, right after I graduated. But uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun, fun rivalry. We'll get 4,000, get four or 5,000 people out there for those games. Uh, and, and it is just an incredible environment. Now, Coach, I don't care who wins the game. I tell you what, the cut that blue of love it is always a better looking than that green of Westminster. So <laughs> you guys win that battle every single year. I can guarantee you that. But tell me this, Coach. Um, I mean, uh, A.D. Nelson, when you're at a smaller school like that, I've noticed from my covering of high school football that, you know, you only bring out sometimes maybe 40 or 50 kids and you really play a lot of young men on both sides of the ball. Were you a two-way player? And talk about the, the limitations of having the smaller enrollments. Yeah, I mean, like, yes, yeah, so I played two ways. I, I started both ways on both sides of the ball. When I was uh, younger, I did uh, the center and a defensive tackle. And as my senior year, I was a center and uh, linebacker. Um, and at a school like Lovett, where we have 600 and say right now we have 640 or 50 kids in our high school, you, you really rely on kids that are multi, not just like dual, dual sport or dual uh, side athletes here, but multi-sport athletes. Um, it's a real challenge for us. And playing up at 4A uh, right now, we're, let's, like we're, at, uh, we're at McDonough today, and I think they've got an enrollment of about 1,200, so they've got about twice as many kids as we do. What you see is when you look at the field and you see the offense, uh, if you, when you switch sides of the ball and you go from offense to defense, our guys basically just stand up and stay on the field and their whole team comes out. Uh, so that gives them opportunities to coach kids up in between plays or in between series in a way that we don't have. It also gives them a breather. Uh, so really what you got to have is, is you got to have kids that, that they want to play this game they want to play every minute of this game. They've got to be conditioned at a different level than, than a single uh, single side player, and and they just got they just have to do that. Um, so it's a slightly different kind of uh, kind of approach, uh, and you got to know that like a six like a full a sixty minute game is literally a sixty minute game. Um, so 
it, it is a different experience. Uh, it's to me like one of the best things about high school. It's the last time to be a generalist in your life, really, in sports, like where you can really do things like play both sides of the ball, uh, play multiple sports. It's a great thing about education-based sports. And um, I, I, to me, it's just unique in this in this size school. So, Yeah, yeah, folks, spending time with Adam Nelson. Thrilled to talk with him about high school, but talking about his school days. All right, who was it that you wanted to play that you didn't get to play? Is there somebody oh, well, you that, that you heard about? It was, who was it? We, it was Westminster. It was, we, we wanted to play Westminster when I was in high school, but we couldn't. Um, you know, we, we had some great matchups. So I'll tell you what, one of the greatest, uh, the greatest athletes I've seen at any level was, uh, was a guy from Cartersville back in the – he graduated in 91. I got, to see, got a chance to play against him for two years. Uh, and it was a guy named John McLean. He was a tailback up there. Um, and I'm telling you, like, the way that that guy could move and change directions was just unbelievable. Uh, there's another guy from uh, Franklin County, I believe, uh, who ended up going to Auburn. And I'm drawing a bl- – uh, what was his name? Uh, he was a defensive tackle, um, and he played uh, played on the offensive side for him as well. Um, and, you know, you get a chance to match up against these guys. Some of these guys went on to play at Power 5 schools, and a few of them went on to play in the, uh, play in the, play in the league. I don't know if I really missed playing against anybody uh, back then, but because uh, the ones we played against were pretty pretty darn good most of the time too. Yeah, yeah. Most of what you learn from your coach, um, most people carry something from their coach with them really throughout their lives, a lesson that was learned, something maybe stressed to you, just something you observed and it just stuck with you. Anything from your coaches that uh, then yeah, that you carry with yeah, you? My head, yeah, absolutely. My head football coach for, for I love it was a guy named Bill Rayleigh. Uh, and I was I was I was blessed to have him and another guy named uh, uh, Jim Glasser and, and, and Coach Pribish. Um, they were all incredible students of the game, and and basically all three of those guys collectively they just inspired uh, this sort of notion that, that if you didn't quit, there was always a chance. You never never quit. And I think one of my greatest assets as an athlete was not my athletic ability. It was my my ability to continue to grind and outgrind and outwork everybody for long periods of time. And as you guys know, if you work hard every single day towards one specific goal, you're going to accomplish a whole lot. And that's what those guys really just instilled in me is never quit, never quit, never quit. Go, go, go all the time. All right, Adam, I got a question for you. So you said you played a little offensive line, a little defensive line, and a little linebacker. What was the better feeling, getting a big pancake block or getting a big quarterback sack? You know, <laughs> you totally. I love to hit people. Um, you know, I just love to hit people. It was probably the reason why I wasn't a great football player uh, and couldn't go on to the next level with that. But uh, I just love to hit and fight with people. And, and so uh, there was nothing more fun to me than short yardage situations as a linebacker. Uh, but I also loved mixing it up with the guys that usually outweigh me by 20 or 30 or 40 pounds uh, on the offensive defensive line uh, and just trying to dominate them. Like, there were just two, two different types of hits, right? Um, but uh, as, my, as my dad said, the reason why I would, he, he, would, he would be very honest to say, hey, look, uh, and my dad played uh, college football at Mississippi State. He was a, he was a linebacker who shifted over to center, actually. Uh, as, as a sophomore, but he would just basically say, you just love to fight with pe- two people too, too much to be, a, to be a great linebacker, but it was really, really good in short yardage situations. I felt like I re- most specifically, I loved to play between the tackles, and I loved it when it was goal line situation, and I knew I was going to blow up an ISO. That was my favorite thing about football. How did that determination help you out as a shot putter? Uh, the lessons you learned, and, and I think I'm already picked up on it, the determination uh, to be resilient mm-hmm. and to not quit 
uh, considering, you know, the competition, uh, not just the national, the nation's best, but the world's best? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, football is a really interesting sport um, because it requires, like, uh, like you, you have to not only be a master of your craft, but you have to trust everybody around you to help you out as well. Uh, and it's kind of interesting. I, I ended up being, you know, finding my feet as an as a individual athlete in shot put, but I built a great team around me. And, and the people that used to help me, whether it's my, my technical coach, uh, my athletic trainers who helped keep me healthy, uh, my, my other physios who would do other treatments, and my, my, my sports psychologist and all those folks, finding the right people that also believed in you was a huge part to that success. And, and if, you, if, you, if you're trying to be great, you can't have anybody that has that negative energy unless that's something you feed off of. And for me, like I'm a positive guy. I respond to positive feedback. Um, I respond to negative feedback in different ways too for short periods of time. But, um, but for me, like, like the biggest, some of the biggest lessons that I took, okay, hard work is, is a foregone conclusion on any, any big goal. Uh, but finding that great team, building great teams, is so critical to, uh, to, to success because nobody does it on their own. And if they do, if they say they do, they haven't really looked around them. Um, but uh, that was what I, what I really took away from, from, from team sports that really played out well with, uh, with, my, uh, with my shot put career. I mean, the physical side of it, look, the, every Olympian will tell you this, it takes four years. Like the years that everybody's noting and counting are those four years. There's 1,461 days that you focus on getting better at one specific thing. And if you can't have that focused every year, every day for four years, that's not going to happen. I don't know if that happens with team sports quite the same way as it does with something like shot put. So, uh, but those are sort of my big takeaways. Folks, we talk about patience and uh, being persistent and determined. And for people not familiar with all of Adam's story, uh, he goes to Athens in 04 and he wins a silver medal uh, in 04. And then years later, after blood testing is, is done, the urine test, the person who beat him out decided that he had a banned substance. Mm. And so Adam is the gold medalist, but there's no flag raising ceremony. There's no, you know, they, no redo they, for that, huh? You know, so Adam is a very. <laughs> you had a very interesting journey to get your gold medal, right? Yeah, and I mean that's the sort of uh, secret of of every Olympic journey is they're all different and all the same. Um, the underlying fact, the underlying sort of like commonality amongst them all is that there's going to be somebody that had to overcome a lot of different, a lot of their own personal challenges or environmental challenges or something like that and just continue to persevere. Um, I think I look at my gold medal now and I think like when it, the, the story is, Sam, like as you were alluding to, so it's a little like if I want to get into the details of it, like we were in Athens, Greece, we actually competed in Olympia at the original Olympic Stadium where yeah. we were the first contest there in thousands of years. I'm leading the competition for the entire 59 throws before, uh, or 58 throws, and the 59th throw of the competition uh, the guy from Ukraine ties my best throw. I have to step into the ring to throw farther to win. That's what I had to do. And it was one of those things where, like, this is what you dream of as a kid, right? Like, you're 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 on your you're in your uh, you're in your backyard or you're you're on your driveway shooting that last second free throw or that last second three point shot. Like, that's what you dream about. I stepped into the circle and I let one go so far as the farthest throw of the day by about two feet, um, but I fouled again. And it was so heartbreaking in that moment. And then I, at that point, I, resol I resigned myself. I resolved myself to say, hey, look, 
I am going to never, I will never have another regret about training. I will never make another mistake on this part. I'm going to dedicate myself to, to being better. Ended up coming back and winning the world championships the next year in 2005. And then eight years later, I get a call from somebody who says, hey, did you hear that that guy tested positive? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that was crazy. It takes a year to sort of unwind all of that. They finally get the results right. And I drive down to the, to the Atlanta airport uh, to meet, uh, meet up with an official from the Olympic Committee. And uh, he said, bring your silver medal. We sit down at the, at the time, it was the food court, and there was the Burger King right there in the food court. We sat down at the tables there, and I kind of slid my silver medal across to him, and he slid the gold medal over to me. And that was how I got my gold medal. And when I looked at that the first time, I felt this immediate sense of loss. And it took a little time to process it. But what you start to realize is that, uh, and I know this, this at, some, at some level this will sound a little bit like altruistic, but like I, what I started looking at, when I start looking at this medal now, I'm like, that is reflective of effort. Not the effort or the opposite, not, not, not reflective of the competition uh, that happened on that one day, but the effort over those 1,461 days that I dedicated to having that opportunity to compete in that event and how I did it. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of shortcuts out there that kids can take. And one of the things that's always resonated with me about the Olympic movement is the fact that we have these core values, and one of them is clean sport. Yeah. And I have – sorry, I got the best of bugger on me. Um, <laughs> but I have, uh, <laughs> right. So I, I go on these riffs, so y'all just cut me off if you need to. But, right. um, but that medal to me means it's, 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 a, it's a gold medal for, for effort and how you do it. And right. that's what it's really about. And, and if you can if you can walk away from that, hold your head high, and never look never look back over your shoulder. You've had a pretty good life. Yeah, yeah. And I want you to tell that story because that goes back to some of the things you learned on Friday nights and through your coaches there at Lovett, and now you're there passing those same things on to young people as athletic director. Adam Nelson, thank you for spending some time with us. We're gonna let you get back to your job, uh, but, but, but we appreciate you spending some time with us here tonight on on the Scoreboard Show. Thank you, guys. Sam, I appreciate all you do, and, and, and good luck, okay? We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.